This is Coach Mike, and you're listening to Diamonds, Pearls, and Hardwood. Triple Crown Sports Podcast. Boom. Every time. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, sports fans around the country. It is Diamonds, Pearls, and Hardwood, the Triple Crown Sports Podcast. Thomas Hoffman with my two hooligans as normal, Coach Mike and Luke Price. Gentlemen. What's going on, Thomas? It's, it's, been, it's been an interesting week. It's been a busy week here in the office. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on. It's been a big sports week, especially for... Uh, Especially for some people here in the office. So I think we should just get this out of this now. <laughs> it, if I address it now, then it's not the best thing you've seen in sports all week. Currently in the office, Luke's Nashville Predators are beating up on the Colorado Avalanche. Can you repeat that? I had a hard time hearing you. I said it once. <laughs> yeah, we're up, we're up 3-1 going for the clincher um, tonight back in, the, back in the great city of Nashville. My hometown. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to Game Four here in the Denver. Uh, here in Denver, uh, we're actually in Fort Collins, but down in Denver, forty-five minutes south. But um, you know, I took a lot of t- took a lot of flack in the Pepsi Center, but there was probably a couple thousand other Pred fans there, and I just gained two thousand more friends. So, um, and we got a W. It's uh, it's kind of springtime around here, Mike. You have a tournament this weekend, the Triple Crown Baseball Bash. Um, looks like uh, you'll get some games in, hopefully, knock on wood, all of them. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying to stay optimistic with it here. You know, looking at it, that's my first spring in Colorado. I'm starting to learn quickly that uh, the weather is very unpredictable. And as always, weathermen aren't always as great at their job as other occupations, uh, to say the least, but, you know, we're going to hang tight here, see what the weather, what actually happens, not what the the weathermen are saying it's going to happen, and try to get games in. You know, I know these teams have been chomping at the bit, and, you know, they're just as frustrated with the weather as what I've been, and they just want to get out and play ball, and, you know, I know myself, and talking with all of our facility partners down in the northern Denver area, you know, we're ready to make this thing happen one way or another this weekend. So Sunday's looking beautiful. Well, we'll just leave it at that. Sunday it's going to be sunny out. But we'll get through it. Monday will come no matter what. And hopefully it's with a full slate of games Saturday and Sunday. I got the uh, two TC Wolves teams playing with me this weekend. Coach Price over here was was worried about his game times a little bit last week. They asked him if the Preds game. I told him, you know, maybe I'd talk with the city of Brighton that they'd put a TV in the dugout for him, but I don't, well, there I don't think that's a good. schedule games around Predators games? No, I, <laughs> no, we play tonight. No one need to worry there. Um, Sunday is a obviously is game six. I, it's not going to even go to game six. We're closing <laughs> it out, so I have no cares in the world. Mike, I'll play when you when you make us play, which is uh, Saturday afternoon, and probably make a somewhat of a run on Sunday. Our team's pretty good. We'll see what happens. Lot, lot of, uh, lot of confidence there. Which is new to me. I'm not typically a confident guy <laughs> in my teams. Um, I, I'm a Vanderbilt fan, and we, I know how not great we are. Hey, we, by the way, this should be my best thing I saw in sports. We just 
Vanderbilt University uh, just received their third national championship in school history and the second in the great sport of women's bowling. We have our third national championship, one baseball, of course, and then our second national championship in women's bowling. This just happened. Couldn't be more proud of, of the uh, Vanderbilt bowlers. <laughs> so You don't even know their name. I don't know their name. Well, they're the, they're the Commodores, but they... they are bowlers really athletes? Should they even have that mantra of going by the school's nickname, what, Commodores? Can Can you beat them? Can you beat them? Absolutely not. Then they're not, athletes. If I had the bumpers. If you had the bumpers. What do you think that is like in bowling? Like, is there a lineup set? Like, do they have a, a, start, a starting? They like can pinch hit. Yeah. Really? They can pinch hit, and somebody can go roll and try to get a spare. Um, kind of like coming up. Really? Yeah. You should watch some collegiate bowling. It's I've, not very fun. <laughs> I've, I've watched the bowling that's on ESPN Sunday mornings at like 9 a.m. But, different. yeah, I don't think that's the... It's team, not a team... Team, team bowling's pretty intense. Yeah. Team bowling's pretty intense. Well, let's get back on track here. Uh, earlier this week, we had a, a fast-pitch organization, one of the best fast-pitch organizations in the state of Oklahoma in the office. Mike, you and I got a chance to sit down to talk with Donnie and Eddie from the Oklahoma Exclusive. And, and they, they talked, uh, not only did they talk about some stuff for Triple Crown, but some really kind of cool stuff came out of that interview. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think sitting down with those guys even for 20 minutes in here, you, know, you can tell they're doing things the right way you know, with that program and organization down there with really focusing not only on the development of softball, but developing kids into great people, you know, and I know we talked with them a lot about the the academic piece and some of the commitment pieces and being sure where you're going, but then also, you know, one thing I really liked about them is is they kept their team numbers kind of small and condensed and, and more personalized. I don't think we asked them at all, but I'm sure they could name probably every girl on their roster type thing, so you could tell it's a close-knit family down there, and I know we're looking forward to having them out here in Colorado in the summer to play with us. All right, well, uh, when we come back, it's uh, Donnie and Eddie from Oklahoma Exclusive here on Diamonds, Pearls, and Hardwood. All right, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're sitting here with the Oklahoma exclusive. We got Donnie and Eddie in the office today. Gentlemen, how you doing? Doing great. Good, doing great. good. How's the trip out to Colorado? It's quick. Hour, <laughs> hour and a half. Hour and a half on Southwest Airlines is good. You got us on one of our uh, kind of nicer, although it's a little windy outside. There was a lot of y'all wearing shorts today. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, tell us a little bit about the Oklahoma Exclusive, who you guys are, what your club's about, and kind of how you got started. Okay, Oklahoma Exclusive uh, started around 10 years ago, and uh, I'm the original founder of the organization, and just like most coaches and organizations get started, I have two daughters that played softball and kind of worked up the ranks with them, and my oldest one went uh, and played at University of Tulsa, and my youngest one played at Oklahoma State University, so um, I'm still doing it, even after they're, they're graduated from college, both of them, so we're here 10 years later, and so we've kind of grown. We started with one team, an 1800 team, and then added a 16 team, and next thing you know, we're up to six to eight teams, and so primarily, you know, our mission is to really um, 
use softball just as a, a vehicle to facilitate uh, kids in trying to pay for their college education and at the same time you know play the game that they love and so we've been probably over the past 10 years we placed about 105 110 kids in the college ranks and we're really proud of, of that and not only have we placed them in there uh, a high percentage of those kids have gone on and graduated and um, also played a lot on the field while they were attending school. So we're really proud of what we did with that. Um, I think what of our deal is we try to minimize the number of teams. We try to keep it under a reasonable number of teams and so we can maintain our, our quality level. And uh, so that's kind of why we're at that six to eight number of teams all the time. So we don't want to ever lose fact of, you know, we need to maintain the integrity of what we're trying to do with the kids. Eddie, how'd you get into softball? Uh, my daughter played um, softball. She's a sophomore at um, University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma. Um, she went on and I'm still here coaching. Donnie asked me to stay and I like giving back to the sport. I love the sport. It's good to, you know, it's a way for us to still compete, be involved with what's going on and try to build good character kids as well as, you know, good athletes. So, you know, about academics first and the type of person you're going to be after you leave the sport and continue on in life. So, I mean, that's really important to us, and that's a lot of what our philosophy is and what we kind of guide the kind of type of kids we're looking for. So it's just a way to give back. Donnie, did you get uh, your daughters to come back and coach any of the teams after they graduated college? Or <laughs> college? Uh, they they haven't come back to coach yet. Uh, my oldest one uh, went to Tulsa. She's actually uh, she received an energy management degree from University of Tulsa, and she's uh, got stationed down in Midland, Texas. So she's uh, she's about six seven hours out. So she hadn't been back. And but my youngest one is living around Oklahoma City, and she lives in Edmond. And uh, we haven't got her to get over there yet. But uh, they come in and do a little bit of guest coaching, a little bit of guest instruction. But yeah, I'd love to get them over there because yeah. they'd be a, a tremendous help to us. Just just tell them they owe you one. Right? You, I've, I've already you, you putting them through a couple teams and everything, right? You coach them now, they're trying to return the fever. I've right? already tried that. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't working. They said that he's used those up already. <laughs> well, if they're listening to this, you know, you got my yeah. backing here. I don't yeah. know how much I'll help we'll, or not, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get in there. We're going to keep pushing, I promise you. <laughs> not Both much. you had uh, daughters that, that played the game and, and you coached kind of got you. What, what keeps you going? Um, now that uh, you talk about your daughters, maybe coming back, hopefully coming back to coach here pretty soon after this podcast. But what what kind of keeps you going and fuels your fire towards towards this game of softball? I I think probably the the first and foremost thing is is just the um, relationship with people. I mean, uh, I enjoy being around people and, and enjoy instructing you know, the young kids and. So I think that kind of keeps us moving. I think at the same time we're also competitive, uh, and you know we just like to get out on the field and get after it. And so it's kind of all that. I think uh, the day I quit uh, liking to get out there and or you know don't enjoy the people is probably when I need to get out. But I haven't got there yet. So still have a passion for doing what I'm doing. Uh, it's just uh, getting out and being involved, and I think more than anything, just giving back. Just giving back to the kids and the community and trying to keep kids guided in the right direction. So you talk about the success uh, of your program and, and kind of not only 
uh, being competitive on the field, but getting those athletes recruited into schools. Last year, you finished in the top 60, I believe, in the U.S. club rankings. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, looking forward to having you again in, in Triple Crowns events this summer. Um, you've got, I believe, Oklahoma City coming up, and then uh, maybe the, the Colorado Sparkler Fireworks on that's, your schedule. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're going to participate in the uh, the tournament during the College World Series and uh, with our younger 14 team. And, and then we have... Um, Two of our 18 teams, our 16 team, and two of our 14 teams are all coming to the um, Colorado Fireworks and the, and the Sparkler Junior. What's that experience like uh, from from a coaching standpoint, from a uh, club director standpoint, of, of going to an event like the Colorado Sparkler Fireworks? It, uh, to me, it's just um, it's really the uh, best tournament in the country. I mean, all the way from uh, competition level to just being in Colorado and all the things you can do uh, outside of the softball arena. But, uh, you know, there's so many uh, college coaches coming to recruit the kids, and that's our primary mission when we come up here is to, to try to get our kids seen by the by the college coaches. And there's, you know, I guess there's going to be 900-plus teams up here and probably 350-plus coaches. So it's a, it's a great venue for recruiting, and I don't think there's another one like it in the country. I can't say it much better than that. Um, all I can do is add to it is I think the girls really love and cherish the tournament. I mean, especially you get to the older groups, the 18s, the seniors, and it's like, well, this is our last time to go to the fireworks. Let's make the best of it. So it's about the, the memories. And, the, you know, the girls really love the tournament, and they're always excited to come. Recruiting is such a, a tricky subject nowadays. It, it seems like college coaches are uh, looking at girls earlier and earlier and earlier and um, there was an article on ESPN this week that talked about how some coaches uh, don't want this early recruiting period, that, that maybe we need to kind of push it back from that. On Looking at it from the, the other side of things, how, how do you view recruiting, and at what age do you feel is kind of appropriate that, uh, to kind of ask a, a young athlete where they want to go to college? Oh, that's a, you know, a highly debatable issue um, for the past, what, three, four, five years, and um, I mean, in our opinion, uh, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves in our organization on is, is developing kids. And uh, we'd like, like to see them get fully developed with their, their skill set and their approach to the game and their educational uh, aspect of the game. And, um, you know, the later that the, if uh, the NCAA moves the date back to maybe their junior year, that would probably be a, a, a a great move, I think, for everybody. And not only the kids, let them get developed. I mean, some of them are so young, they don't really know what they want to do at that age. And uh, I think and it will also allow some of the kids who are late developers, late comers, let them get seen a little bit more than what they, they may have been passed up earlier. So I think it will benefit everybody in, in all aspects. Uh, definitely in the long run, I think moving the date back is going to benefit everyone involved, the sport, uh, the competitive traveling teams, and the college coaches as well. There's so much development and growth from that freshman into a sophomore, and especially into a junior and a senior, that when you're out here recruiting kids at seventh grade, that some of them don't even want to leave home, spend the night at you know a friend's house, that how are you going to ask them where they want to go to school at? So I, I think it's going to benefit them a whole lot waiting there's so much development and maturity that comes along with it so i, I think it's going to benefit the sport 
and the competitive teams and everyone as a whole. Do you guys do anything as far as talking about developing kids on the field but also off the field as people too? Do you guys do anything as far as like seminars talking about the academic piece of going to college too with the girls that play for you? And if you do, when does that process start? Is it whenever they're 13 and afraid to sleep over at a friend's house or do you start getting more serious as they get older looking at what their future really looks like past the four years of college? I mean, I think with all the early recruiting that's been taking place, you know, over the past five years, uh, you know, probably when they're the 14s, we start, you know, emphasizing uh, the academic side of it, especially uh, them getting ready and preparing to take the ACT test because, you know, that's going to be a, a big factor in coaches' decisions on whether they re recruit some of the kids or not. and how much money may be in their academic, athletic, pack, financial package that they get offered. So we really um, emphasize them getting on and taking that ACT and doing all the review courses that they possibly can. And at the same time, you know, we try to hold them accountable. Um, we do ask them to bring in their transcripts um, every semester so we can take a look at, look at them, make sure that they're taking care of business. And, um, you know, if they don't take care of business, then we're going to have a break a little bit from softball and make sure we get back on the on the right road. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, if it comes to it, we have to, then they're going to bring work with them to practice before practice come early, and we'll have one of the other kids tutor them or, you know, do whatever they need to do to get their grade up. Grades, by far, the most important of anything you're doing academics. Well, uh, uh, one thing we, we kind of like to ask uh, guests and ourselves as we get towards uh, the end of this podcast is, uh, the best thing you've seen in sports this week, but to the, um, you know, it could be just a highlight you saw in Sports Center or, or anything. I'll, you can uh, extend it out to, to this month, but uh, Donnie, what's the best thing you've seen in sports this week? Oh, probably just right off the cuff, the best thing I thought I saw in sports this week was the Thunder winning game one. Okay. Against <laughs> I was the Jazz. <laughs> So now and uh, now, I mean, you know, we uh, I, I read a lot, and there's you know there's a lot of great just articles out there and in social media about you know character building uh, for kids and um, and also a lot of things about how players can really start working on mental approach to the game and just from you know reading it from other players and sometimes it's better they hear it you know directly from older players you know even baseball players or major league players whatever. So those are the type of things that we look at. But, yeah, the, probably uh, that's the number one thing is the Thunder's got to keep rolling. Got to love the Thunder. I'm, yeah. I'm from Oregon myself, so I'm a Trailblazer fan. Okay. But uh, yeah. we're not on that side of the bracket yet. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> seeing the second round right now. Hopefully. <laughs> I definitely got a second to Thunder up. But I think what sticks in my mind the most is probably, I think it was last week when I saw that, the two baseball teams that were battling it out with the hit batters and I mean we got enough stuff going on in the world today that you know I'm kind of glad we really don't have that happening in softball you don't ever see anybody charging a mound in softball and all that just play the game and let it go and it's April right like it's it's yeah. the uh, third week of the season yeah. where we're already that mad at each other that's yeah. that's what I was watching the same thing what are what are they doing they somebody breaks a hand and they're out for three months and there goes uh, there goes your best player yeah, I might go to the playoffs. <laughs> Mike, you're a baseball player. you got to explain this to us. What are uh, these unwritten rules of baseball? Uh, you know what? They're, they're unwritten for a reason. 
we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Where, you know, it's I've I've been a part of a team that that's happened to before, and it's I mean I think it's one of those things that's an age old time of baseball. You know, Ted Williams and those guys probably were doing the same thing back in the day. It just wasn't televised or all over social media or anything like that. I'm not saying I condone it or. You know, teams should start charging the mound anytime you get hit, but I won't lie, it gets, gets a lot of excitement in the game. You know, keeps keeps you on your toes to start the year, and now it's something to look forward to whenever they uh, meet up again later this year. It should be, you know, now that bench is, once bench is cleared, it should be water under the bridge, in my opinion. You know, once once that happens, the line's drawn, you know, let's just play ball. But, you know, it's baseball that's just one of the things that's you know you put one cleat on at a time and whenever they created the game I guess it was probably part of it back then too too much testosterone on the on the field I guess sometimes oh I understand the little underwritten rules of baseball but take your lumps and go on yeah (laughs) maybe that's why I I think fast pitch softball is just as exciting as baseball it doesn't even have any of that stuff (laughs) so that's true all right, guys. Well, uh, I appreciate you for your time and, and for coming on uh, Diamonds, Pearls, and Hardwood, the Triple Crown Sports Podcast. And uh, thanks for sharing the, what your club's about. And uh, good luck to you this year. You bet. Thank, Thank you, you guys for Thank having you. us. Uh, sure, certainly appreciated the entire day. Welcome back here to Diamonds, Pearls, and Hardwood. The Triple Crown Sports Podcast just got back with talking to the Oklahoma exclusive. Really good guys there, Mike. And, and, uh, and kind of something we, we want to address at the time of that interview. Um, when we were talking about the NCAA rules that were kind of up for debate in the NCAA, that actually just got passed uh, the other day. Um, and so June 1 of September, excuse me, June 1, September 1st, of your junior year, get that right, September 1st of your junior year, now is the big date. You can't uh, say anything more than you're interested until that September 1 deadline. And, and we were kind of talking about it before this, guys. It's a, it's, a, it's a rule, it's a kind of maybe controversial rule, but I think everybody really likes it. I, I think so. I, I, you see a lot of times, and especially baseball and, and, and basketball, football kind of as well, but when you see twelve-year-old kids commit to play at a college, and they're you know they're still having eight o'clock bedtime, watching Ren and Stimpy, um, you know, and there there's no way that that kid should be committed to a school. I mean, what if he? I just feel like a lot of time he's pressured by maybe parents or um, even coaches at that school when the kid doesn't even know how to um, put on his own pants in the morning before going to school. Like it just blows my mind. So I think. I think this rule's a good one. I know there will be a little bit of backlash, uh, but I think they got it right. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's been something that's talked about a ton in that, you know, probably nowadays 13 through 18-year-old baseball world, and same thing, you know, softball, it's even earlier, as we talked with Donnie and Eddie about, where, like Luke said, there's you're asking uh, – a 13, 14, even a 15-year-old kid 
to make probably one of the biggest decisions of their life or the biggest decision that they've had to make in their entire life at that age and they don't even know what they want to study. They don't even know what state some of these schools are in. Right. They they don't know what they want to study. I think it takes a lot of pressure off of the players and the parents who see all these kids that are committing early and they look at their son or daughter and say, well, my son or daughter's 14 and no college coaches have talked with them yet. And now it's all the pressure on where at that point in your life, you should be going to play the game and playing the sports to have fun and get better and, and be with your teammates, not to you know, necessarily worry about getting a four-year scholarship type thing. So I agree with it. You know, I think it'll have some ripple effects, obviously, you know, and I can understand why college coaches have to do what they do too with committing those kids because at the end of the day, it's their job to get the best players there. And if their competition's doing it, this this keep up with their competition, they have to do the same thing where now it, you know, kind of defers that. I think the whole looking at 13, 14 year old kids won't go away. I think coaches will still be, you know, checking kids out as, as early as they can. But the fact that they don't have to put that on a, a kid's plate and say, Hey, are you going to come here for four years? Tell me now when you're 14 you know, that's a tremendous amount of pressure on on that kid and that family where now they have some time to think. And I think it'll be good for the game where the kids that get missed that might be late bloomers, like I think Donnie or Eddie had talked about, that the kids that are late bloomers, they have a better shot of landing a Division One scholarship rather than, hey, they're not that great or maybe they're an average player, you know, at 14 and all of a sudden they become this beast baseball softball whatever you know sport they're playing now they women's have any yeah women's, course. women's bowling go doors anchor down um they'll they'll have a better opportunity you know to get get those looks and, and not be passed over a lot so it'll be interesting i haven't talked with a lot of guys about it since it's been passed or anything but i'll be interested to see what their take on it is i'll say this uh when i was 13 i had narrowed it down to three colleges uh, the University of Oregon, Duke, and the University of Texas. And I ended up at Northern Colorado. <laughs> exactly. And what year were you? Uh, wait, that, this was, I was 13. You were 13? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, like we just talked about, these 13-year-olds before now were committed to schools already at that point. I thought I wanted to be a surgeon and go to Vanderbilt. <laughs> I was a bartender. I went to <laughs> a small school in Philadelphia, so... Um, and I wanted to be a surgeon until I was 17. So, yeah, I knew, there's just no way to really know at that age. And so I, I really, again, I really like the rule. What's well, wanting to be a surgeon before or after you took a science class in high school? It was before I took a science class in high school. Okay. Um, was it before or after you saw your first Grey's Anatomy episode? <laughs> I just got into Grey's Anatomy maybe a few months ago, and I will put it up there. Uh, and maybe the top ten greatest shows ever on TV. So now you're thinking about being a surgeon again. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, ahead. I'm still young enough uh, to go back to school and take another $150,000 out um, and, and uh, hopefully be like Dr. Shepard. Oh, all right. Dr. Shepard. Well, I won't, no. I won't spoil anything for you as you're just starting your career. I have a feeling he dies because everybody's getting killed off right now. <laughs> as long as George doesn't die, great. 
great character, but I, I just don't have a good feeling about it. Uh, fans, if you want to tweet Luke spoilers on Grey's Anatomy, that's at... TCS Luke Price. At TCS Luke Price. And maybe tomorrow will be at Dr. Shepard. <laughs> I don't know yet. I just want to know, where does where does Grey's Anatomy stack up with Ren and Stimpy on this top I did give Ren and Stimpy a shout-out. That is one of the great... That was one of the greatest shows as a kid. Um, that Johnny Quest, that was a long, long, that was like a 70s show that I didn't find out till mid-90s when I was a kid. So, um, so yeah, but Ren and Stimpy, great, great show. All sorts of throwbacks mm-hmm. here on the Diamonds, Pearls, and Hardwood Triple Crown Sports Podcast. Gentlemen, it's been great as always, but we end it with the same way that we always do the best thing you've seen in sports this week. Well, you kind of told me I couldn't. I couldn't go here uh, with the with you the can't. National Predators. I won't then. <laughs> if I I got I gave him a shout out. I already talked about Vanderbilt women's bowling. Um, I just think it's the greatest time of year when baseball starting. You have the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs going on simultaneously. Um, I tweeted out a picture. I don't know. Some of you might have seen it. It's crazy eyes from Mr. Deeds, and it has one eye looking up, one eye looking down, and that. It basically was my is my face every night trying to flip back and forth between them. Um, it's uh, it's a good time of year. So best thing in, in sports this week is just everything going on right now. Mm, peanut butter and gumdrops. Peanut my butter f- and gumball. My gumballs, favorite. my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, that. The PF Flyers are back in the major in Major League Baseball. That's gonna be the best thing I've noticed. I think Jose Altuve is wearing them. A couple other guys are wearing them. No specific play. Explain to people who don't know what that means, because obviously we do. Um, the Sandlot, not the greatest baseball movie, actually below average. Whoa! But, whoa, 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 but whoa. it can't hold a candle. It can't hold a candle to Little Big League or Angels in the Outfield or Rookie of the Year. But not to cut you off, please tell them what what they are, because not everybody may not know the coolness of all, those shoes. All, all they need to know is that it makes people run faster and jump higher. That's that's all they need to know from the movie Sandlot, and, yeah. and we'll we'll save that debate on the Sandlot for another episode. We will do a whole podcast <laughs> on the Sandlot on the versus... best baseball baseball movie of all time. Done. Best baseball future. Oh, are podcast. you asking? Oh, no. That's a f- okay. A future podcast coming up. Best baseball movie of all. Fair time. enough. Can't wait for that so one. So I will ignore that just blatantly <laughs> blasphemy blasphemous un-American uh, comment that you just unworldly. I don't even want to limit that to America. Uh, like, every country in the world, I think. You think Slovakians uh, watch the Sandlot, absolute, Thomas? Absolutely. Yeah. I actually know that for a fact. <laughs> this is coming from the same guy who said he didn't like Super Troopers, the first one. Too. Oh, so yeah. to yeah. Give so I little... like real comedy. <laughs> Thomas, what's the best thing you've seen in sports? <laughs> yeah, we're just, where are we going to cut it off? Go. Well, <laughs> I'm going to stick to baseball. Um, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. I love myself some Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. But I, I also love the Red Sox beating the snot out of him. Mookie. Mookie Betts. Nashville. Two leadoff home runs in that series. Yep. One off the one off four set. Otani. O- Otani. I, I like him. I think he deserves to be. I'm not one of the guys that says he should be in AAA. I, Absolutely I, I not. love the excitement around him. But also, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Let's pump the brakes. He's human. He's not invincible. Uh, and the Red Sox are off to the best start. I wonder if he knows what PF Flyers are. Shohei Otani? I'm sure he does. Well, he has a Slav- Slovakian best friend, so he does. Name <laughs> Miroslav. 
And I don't even know what... That's just, again, you, if you don't know about The Sandlot, you don't care about The Sandlot. It is a, it is a good movie. You can't, don't it backtrack. is not a good movie. <laughs> you can't make those types of comments and then backtrack. Yeah. Fair enough. Just get your defense ready. I, I'm ready Next for, podcast. I'm ready for good. the baseball movie podcast. All right, baseball movie podcast coming up uh, right right before the summer. It'll be great. As uh, I watched Field of Dreams the other day. Um, all right, well, that just about does it here for Diamonds, Pearls, and Hardwood, the Triple Crown Sports Podcast. I'm Thomas Hoffman. I'm Coach Mike. And I'm Luke Price. Have a good week, everybody.